0: All right, how are we doing this morning, guys? Good, okay, awesome, great. Got some excitement, got some energy this morning. Uh, well, my name is AJ, and I serve here as uh, one of the pastors, and main focus is student ministry. So I have to give a plug real quick, if that's okay, for our back-to-school bash, all right? That is tonight, doors open, 5 o'clock, students. So if you're junior high, high school... Please make sure that you are here tonight. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be epic night. We've got giveaways. We've got inflatables coming down, so it's going to be a blast. Um, hopefully no one gets hurt in one of those. That does happen occasionally, but uh, hopefully it doesn't happen tonight. alright we'll, uh, we'll have a good time. And I know this doesn't mean a lot to adults, but I'm going to say this. All right, Taco Bell and Tiffin is hooking us up tonight, so we're going to have like an endless Taco buffel, ta- ta- Let's Let's go back on that. An endless Taco Bell buffet of tacos. So um, again, for adults, that's not really anything we care about. But if you're a student, Taco Bell's pretty awesome, I, I guess. So we'll have a ton of tacos tonight. So make sure that you're here at least for that. Bring a friend. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm stepping in for Zach this morning, which is interesting, um, because our series is redacted truth you can't say anymore, or truth that we just don't believe anymore. And uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. I find it interesting that as we go into probably one of the most culturally tough messages that we're going to talk about some very difficult things over the next four weeks, he's out of town. So leave it to AJ, right, to kick off. So hopefully this goes this goes good, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. First service, had a good time. And uh, yeah, so we're going to go ahead, we're going to jump right in, though. Um, so again, redacted. Truth you can't say anymore, or truth that maybe we don't believe. be a better way that we could understand this series. And I just want to give this real quick. Like for the next four weeks, we're gonna talk about some tough things. okay? We're gonna talk about some difficult things, some things that we may struggle with, some things that are difficult to hear, difficult to hear. and and even in our culture, they would say no, and they don't, you know, maybe like some of these stands that we're gonna have. Um, but that being said, it's interesting that we just came out of our Sola series, which really we focused on those five different weeks. We focused on like the five essentials and everything. We talked about the authority of scripture, I think it was week three, and, and how here at Grace, we believe in the authority of scripture, which is just this understanding that the Bible is God's word. It is true, one hundred percent true, and it was written to mankind really so we could know how we are sinners and find Jesus and give our life to him. The whole story about Jesus dying on the cross. For, I mean, everything is in the Bible. And that's that's what we base everything here on a grace. And we say this all the time. We believe, really, the Bible and nothing but the Bible. That is our foundation for everything we do here. So with these hot-button issues that we're going to talk about, it's going to be difficult, but I just want to say this. This is not A.J.'s opinion this morning. This is not Zach's opinion when he speaks next week or next few weeks. It's not our opinion, okay? This is simply what God has to say on these matters that we're going to talk about. Um, and so just so you know this, we're, we're really just the middlemen, all right? We're just taking the truth of what the Bible says, and we are trying to communicate it as best we can and making it exactly what, uh, what the Bible says that it is. So throughout the series, just maybe the challenge to keep before you is this. Um, it may be something just to, just to think about. Are you going to revise what you believe based on what God's word says, or are you going to revise or, or try to revise God's word based on your preconceived notions of what you think is right and wrong? So just something to challenge you guys with to kind of think over the next four weeks as we get into these difficult topics. So let's go ahead, let's jump right in. The topic that we're going to be talk about, talking about today, it is one that for a lot of us, we may not necessarily say it, but I think as Christians, sadly, a lot of us, we, we, we believe this in all honesty, or, I'm sorry, we, we don't believe this. And so this morning, we're starting our redacted series with this biblical truth that many have rejected, not just in our culture, but in our truth, and it's this. My identity is found in Jesus. Okay, so again, this is, this is probably one of the more like the less complicated topics we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. But I think it's something that is so relevant for Christians, and we struggle with this, so, as a Christian, our identity, it should be wrapped up in Jesus. And if our, uh, if you're not a Christian, you've not made that decision to give your life to, to Jesus, man, today is the day of salvation, Paul tells us. And so I would challenge you first to start that relationship with Jesus today, right? Real, that is this, realize that you're a sinner and trust what Jesus did on the cross to save you from your sins. And how, man, he, his blood was shed so you can have a relationship with him. See, For a lot of us believers, when it comes to our identity, we have an identity crisis. So when we think of, uh, I guess, our identity, a lot of us, we think of things that make up our life. We think of things that are like in our life or what we've done in life, maybe our accomplishments, our achievements, different things like that. And so we're going to do something this morning. We're just going to have a little illustration here. Let's just say this. Let's say that this cylinder... All right? It represents your life. Okay? So this cylinder represents your life. And, and let's just say that I asked you about your identity. I'm like, hey, uh, what, you know, what's your identity in? You know, and, and it can be kind of hard to define, but a lot of people uh, would say this. So if I just ask them, like, okay, well, let's just start with this. Like, where did you go to high school? like, okay, cool. That's the that's easy one. All right? Um, I went to Tiffin-Columbian. Okay, cool. All right, maybe you're like, no, I didn't go to Tiffin-Columbian. I went to, uh, you know, Hopewell, Loudoun. All right? I went to, okay, all right. Don't know if I want to keep going here, all right. Uh, I went to Mohawk or Senekees or Old Ford or whatever, right, and wherever else you excited people went to school. Hey, that's good. I like the energy, though. That's great, all right. Um, and and somebody else, like, okay, you went to high school there. What about after college? You know, where did, where did you go to college? You know, I, I, I went to uh, I went to TU or I went to Heidelberg or, you know, I say, well, I, I you know, I, I went to the Ohio State University, okay. Or, or sadly, maybe you went to the, the school up north. I don't know if there's anybody in here. Last service, last service, I think some people actually did get offended by that, so I don't know if there's any Michigan grads in here, is that, oh, okay, we got to go blue, okay, all right, or maybe, you know, like, okay, you know, I didn't, actually, I didn't go to school, maybe I did a trade, okay, that's cool, all right, and um, maybe I say, like, okay, well, what about, well, tell me a little bit about your job, what do you do, well, you say, okay, I'm, I'm a secretary, I work at, I work at National, or maybe, you know, hey, I'm a teacher, you know, I, I, I you know, whatever, I'm a plumber, I do all these different things, right, I, Maybe it's okay, uh, all right. So you told me a lot about yourself. Tell me a little about what do you enjoy to do? Like what? What are your hobbies? Maybe you know you're one of those crazy weird people, and you like to read. All right, you're in there, okay. Or maybe, you know, you, you, you enjoy working out. Okay, I, I, I really, man, I love it. It's a fun hobby. I like to do that. Maybe you're like, you know, AJ, I love nothing more than going to the lake and just cruising around in my boat. All right, or maybe you enjoy going to the lake and do a little bit of fishing. Or, you know, maybe, I know there's some in here that you in this category, you enjoy crocheting. Okay, there's there's all kinds of different things that we could we could put in here into the cylinder, quote-unquote, of our life. All right, and a lot of times our, we, we fill our life up with, with all these different things, Okay, we'll dump the rest of those out in there, and they, again, that's, that's your life, and those ping pong balls, they just represent all those different things, okay, and a lot of these things, they're good. We would say this, and they're not necessarily bad, and maybe there would be some things I didn't necessarily say this morning that would be bad, but a lot of us, we fill our life up with, with these things, and we kind of make these things, without really thinking about it, I guess, we, we make these things our identity, we make these things so much our identity that in all honesty they don't just become our identity they become idols in us I and mean, they become things that like all we focus on is that and everything else becomes second to those few things we obsess over them they drive our life but the problem with it is this is and we're going this we're going to unpack this morning is that's not where they're supposed to be okay in fact there's something else that's supposed to be there We'll get to that in a little bit. But these are not supposed to be our identity or, or, excuse me, our idols in life. See, our problem is when we try to find our identity in these things, in a hobby. We try to find our identity in a job, in, a, you know, in our education, in, in our level education. We try to find it in our wealth. We try to do that. And all honesty, I'm just going to tell you the truth. You guys know this. But a lot of times it leads to disappointment. I mean, a lot of times you feel let down maybe even with the results, Again, it's because they're in the wrong place. They're not meant to be our identity. See, our, our problem is with, with our identity and these things, it's, it's just simply, it's in the wrong stuff. I mean, when, when we don't succeed in these things, and, and by the way, we could put, those are just some examples. There's millions of different things we can put in there, all right? We put our identity in. But when we don't succeed in these things, we feel lost, feel upset, we feel disappointed, or we feel let down, we feel anxious, See the issue is this. That's supposed to be God's place. Those those things, right, that we're making our identity in life. That that's that's supposed to be God's place in our life. Now this is redacted in our culture because our culture has sold itself on the idea that really we can just do whatever makes us happy. <clears throat> do whatever you really want. If it, if it makes you happy, the man, yeah, just just go for it. We can even choose our own identity as people. Now. Some have made their identity in stepping outside of their gender. They've made their identity their, or their sexual identity, right? They, they've tried to switch that. And, and Zach's going to talk a little bit more in depth next week about that. But see, I, I think when it, it comes to those trying to switch genders, or really just us trying to place, again, our identity in things that it shouldn't be, we're having a misunderstanding of our identity our value, and our worth that the Creator has placed on our lives. And not just those struggling with the gender issue or gender roles by the Creator that's been given by Him, but also for most people in general, most Christians, we struggle with this. Just placing things where they're not supposed to be. Placing our, 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 our identity in our job or our identity and being the perfect family man or the, you know, our identity in our wealth. This leads to disappointment in our life when it comes unfulfilled. So, what's the answer? How do we as a people? How do we fix our identity crisis? You see, my hope is today that we can answer that by looking at a few passages in the Bible that God really shows each person his love for us and how every single person regardless of what we've done, regardless of what maybe we've, you know, we've made our identity, regardless of that, regardless of what sin that we've done, that every single person has a high value. Every life is highly valued to God. Psalms 139, I, he does a great job just to explain this. And this really just tells us that we, from, the, from our mother's womb, even inside of our mother's womb, says that we are like, I mean, we are remarkably and wondrously made. And God, he created us. He wants to have that love relationship with us. But before we go on into our identity crisis that a lot of us have, we have to first understand what our identity is. And so a very basic definition I have of our identity is this. It's who I am, how I see myself, and how I think about myself. See, a lot of people, they judge how they're doing in life by what people think of them and those things that they value, those things that they make their identity, and it drives them Crazy constantly trying to just get you know, better at it or whatever to the point that it's the number one thing in their life. And we try and we try and try to succeed at those things so much so that we obsess over it. We obsess to the point that that's all that life is about and it controls every decision we make and everything else comes second to those things. What leads us to let down. As Christians, you know, we should be secure in our identity that in life, regardless of what happens, we can have peace. So this morning, I want to look at really three ways that God, he shows that you have great worth, which I think is the answer to our identity issue. Our identity crisis, I think we'll get the answer this morning. See, the overriding message that God has for all of us, especially those wrestling with discontentment is this, is that we have great worth. No one is a mistake. Not one person. Every single life is highly valued to God. End of story. So first, God, he shows his, his worth of us because, really, this simple fact, that we're made in his image. I mean, you go back to Genesis 1-1 and, you know, the book of Genesis and Genesis 1, you can read the whole creation story, but in the very beginning, Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It tells us this, God was there when nothing was there, and then he makes this earth, incredible, incredible thing. Because he wants to have a relationship with you. Day one, he creates light. Let's go through a few of these, okay? But day two he creates the heavens. Day three, he made the earth, the seas, the planets, or the plants, vegetation. Day four, seasons, sun by day, moon by night. Day five, he, he made the fish, the sea, all the different creatures in the sea. He makes the birds. Then on day six, he makes the animals. And then after the animals, he creates the centerpiece. Right? Of creation. That's what we pick up in Genesis 1:26 and 27, where he creates man. Then God said, check it out, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, they will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man, and here it is, in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. See, what makes humans unique from all other creation? It's, it's just this simple fact, what verse number 27 is saying, is that we are made in the image of God from all other creation, all the creatures that are created. We're the only ones that are made in God's image. I enjoy being outdoors. I enjoy, one of my favorite things to do is, like on a Friday or Saturday evening, uh, if it's cool out, which has been super hot lately, so we've not done this, all right? But one of the things I enjoy doing with my family is just to go out back, we got a fire pit, and just to make a fire, right? Stay up however late we want, whatever, don't have work the next day so I can enjoy it. And one of the things I love to do is just kick back in my chair on a crystal clear night and just stare up at, at the sky, right? At the dark night sky and see all the different stars. And, like, i got a million things going on in my mind. i like, how in the world do those stars get there? I mean, God spoke to existence, but that's kind of crazy. How did that happen? I mean, I'm trying to think, like, theres there thousands, hundreds, hundreds, of, is there hundreds of millions? Like, I don't know how many stars there are. But I'll look and be, like, amazed at the fact that God made those. It's, it's a thing of beauty. I mean, it's incredible. And, I, I mean, can you guys relate? You guys have done it before, I right? Like, sit back at a campfire, look up at a clear night? Okay, cool. I see a whole bunch of heads nodding. That's good. All right. I've gone out to Idaho and Colorado, and I've done some pretty cool, they got to go hiking over there, do some elk hunting and stuff, and like, one thing that I love, I've stood in a basin before and just looked around me in the middle of a mountain range, just been like, man, this is absolutely incredible. That The God uh, that I worship, the creator God, he made this. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Maybe some of you guys know that, and maybe some of you guys are like me, and you've, you've stood on, you know, like my family, we just went up to uh, like Lake Michigan and Huron, up to the UP, and I stood on the beaches up there just like a week and a half or two weeks ago, and just, man staring out across the lakes, and you're like, man, this is absolutely incredible. Or maybe on the ocean, you stood on the beach, just, I mean, it's like it takes your breath away. It's amazing that our God would let us enjoy that and let us see that, and he created that. But... All the stars in the night sky, all the beauty of the oceans, the beauty of the mountains, they cannot compare to the worth that God has placed on your life. Man, what an incredible thing. Yeah, those are are awesome. Those are great things. But man, our life has so much more value because we are made in God's image. And just to kind of go on this a little bit more, like we know the value of a penny, which isn't a lot, all right? But we know the value of a penny because of whose image is on it. Abraham Lincoln, he's on the front. All right, we, we know the value of that. We know that this penny is worth one cent. Now, it doesn't matter this penny if it comes right off the press or if we find it out in the parking lot and it's been sitting there for five years. Like, it does not matter, no matter if it's cl- super, super clean or dirty, tarnished, nasty, it does not matter. This penny will not lose its worth because of whose image is on the front of it. See, it's the same with us. You have God's image on you. Made in his image, we are made in his likeness. Mentally, morally, socially. God's image is on you. You have great worth. We have great worth because we're made in his likeness. We are made unique from all other creation. We're made sacred, set apart, with high worth. And what an incredible thing And Jesus, you know, he said this last service. He didn't die for the mountains, right? He didn't die for the animals. He didn't die for the oceans, right? He didn't die for the stars. He didn't, he didn't die for any of that. He didn't die for the forest. He died for you. I mean, he died for our sin, which kind of leads to the second point we know and that God has great worth in us because he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Adam and Eve, they sinned in the garden by eating the fruit, Their relationship, it was flawed by sin with God, and and there's a barrier now between God and Adam and Eve, or before they walked in a relationship with him, where now there's that wedge. And God, in his love for us, he decided to fix that by sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to be the payment for our sin debt. And his blood, if we're believers, we've made the decision to give our life to him, his blood now covers us and forgives us of our sin. And what an incredible thought. See, we know we are, we are valuable because he gave so much for us. I mean, I think a lot of times we think about this, and, and I know as I was studying this last week, I'm like, yeah, God died for us. You know, I think a lot of times we just, like, we think about it, or we say it, like, yeah, awesome, God died for us. But we don't really actually personally think about it. No, for, let's set everybody else aside, okay? Jesus personally died for you. Put your name in the blank. I mean, he personally went to that cross. He died so you could have a relationship with him, so you could be forgiven. He gave his life for you. I mean, based on what God said he was and what he's willing to give up, it shows that our life has an incredible value, in the, an eternally high value. We know that from Romans 5.8. I love this. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible it says that God, he proves his own love for us. Or he shows his own love to us. And that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Like while we're, check this out, while we in the very act of sinning, while we were still presently sinning, just think about the worst thing, the worst sin that you've ever done in your entire life. Okay, take a second, think about it. That's kind of hard, but just think about it. Worst thing you've ever done in your entire life or one of the worst things. While you were in the act of doing that very thing, Jesus died for you. Man, see God, he placed a fixed value on you that, cannot be changed. He placed a fixed value in you that can't diminish. And we know that because of what he did on the cross over 2,000 years ago. See, left to ourselves, man, we, we operate in our own thinking. And our, our thinking is flawed due to our sin, due to our pride and due to our selfishness. See, this all started way back, as, as I kind of talked about already, but with Adam and Eve. They disobeyed God because, man, they thought they knew better than him. Uh, they thought they could handle dealing with whatever evil and whatever sin and death were. Once they acted on that, that sin, what happened? It spread to the entire world, to all of us now. And so to us, now we wrongly think about things. like We don't think like how God does. We're messed up. We make wrong choices, and we end up hurting ourselves and hurting other people. See, God, he saw that, and he loved us too much. He didn't want to leave us in that dangerous situation. And so he did what only he could do. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. To take on your sin debt so you could have a relationship with him. And so sins impact it. It wouldn't be on you in this life and then on the next life as well. And as believers, he has accepted us and there is nothing we can do to earn it. There's a song and it's, I'm, it's like the first couple lines of the song that says this. I think it illustrates this in a great way. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up. So that nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. And as, as believers, I mean, like this is, and this is us. Like God, man, there's nothing we can do to earn his love. Like he, he loves us regardless. See, we all struggle with being accepted. We want people, we want by people in our life on, on every level. But this desire for acceptance, it will always be there because it's made for God's acceptance on us. And until we realize that and we put our faith in Jesus and Jesus alone to save us from those sins, and until we do that, we're always going to struggle with this. And last, we know we have worth because we are complete in Christ. See, until we are restored in our relationship with God, until we've given our life to him and trusted him in faith and we are incomplete, right, missing that crucial element of our being, being that spot where God is supposed to be our identity. See, that hole that only God can fill. We try to pull these other things in, and again, it leads to disappointment, it leads to discontent. I mean, it's, it's a struggle because it's in the place of where God is supposed to be in our life. As Christians, man, we have to understand this. If you've made the decision to give your life to Jesus that you are complete, you are completely filled. If you've trusted in God and you realize your sin and turn to him, and you are filled with him. As Christians, we should spend our lives learning more about who God is through time and, and prayer, right? Through time and God's word, daily spending time in our devotions and, uh, and, and worshiping together as the church. And worshiping uh, through giving, right? And through tithing and supporting what God is doing here at Grace. I mean, uh, through and giving our, our time even to support the ministries here and, and serving all kinds of different ways what what is that that's that's doing what we're talking about this morning that's making Jesus our identity in life man it's so important check this out guys Christians who does God say if you've made the decision to give your life to Jesus what does the bible say or who does God say that you are he says this first peter i'm just going to run through these real quickly all right so just you know we'll go through them real quick first peter 2:9 he says that you are his own special creation Ephesians 1, to 3-4 says that you are chosen, handpicked by the God who created the universe. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4 says uh, that you are irreplaceable. 1 John 4.19, 4.10, uh, Romans 5, 8 says that you are beyond compare. John three sixteen, Romans 5, 7, 9 says that you were worth dying for. Ephesians 1, 7, 1 John 1, 9 says that you are forgiven. John 1, 12, uh, Romans eight twelve to 14 1 John 3, 1 says that you are his child, uh, Second Corinthians one twenty two says that you are secured for all eternity. Romans 6.18 says that you are set free. John 15.16 says that you are set apart. Man, I think there's no question with this. Like, as believers, if you made the decision to give your life to Christ, you are complete in Jesus. Man, why do we try to fill our life and fill our identity with other things? See, he's the only one who can give us the proper understanding of who we are and why we exist and bring healing to our hearts and minds. Paul, uh, he calls this having our lives transformed as our minds are renewed from Romans 12 too. See, Paul, he knew a lot about making other things his identity. If you know the story about Paul the apostle, he wrote a whole bunch of books in the New Testament. I mean, just incredible missionary. God did a lot of really cool things with him. But Paul, man, he was, before he gave his life to Jesus, he was all about making his identity in a religious system that couldn't save him. I mean, he was, he was all about the religious system and following that, trying to find his identity and being this leader in this religious system. But he found this out. It leaves you unfulfilled. It leaves you with, uh, just unhappy. It leaves you let down. See, and he expresses that his identity, yeah, was in religion before Jesus, but man, after Jesus, Life has been totally different because his identity is in Jesus, and he expresses this in Philippians 3, 7 to 11, where he says this, but everything, everything, everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ. And be found in Him, and not having righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. My goal is to know, uh, to know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection uh, from among the dead. man. Paul, man, he goes on, he just, he, he talks about this, right? And he, he, it's interesting what he uses when he's talking about, man, all of his gains, all of his accomplishments, all the things that he made, his identity in his life before Jesus, he says, they're dung. And I know Zach has talked about this before, it's really weird, but dung is just another word for bodily waste, okay? And so, yeah, he's just saying this, he's saying all those accomplishments, all that gain, everything I made my identity in before Jesus, it's nothing in comparison with knowing Jesus. I'm comp- he's saying this. He's saying, I am full and I am complete in Jesus and Jesus alone. Not in anything that I've gained in this world, not in my accomplishments, not in my successes. I'm complete and full in Jesus. And nothing compares to that. You see, as Christians, before coming to faith in God, our life, it was marked maybe by finding our identity in our job and, and our wealth and our career and maybe popularity. Or in athletics. Right? Or maybe, you know, being, you know, whatever the, you know, the most, the best athlete in Tiffin, whatever. And some of those are good, right? And some of those things, they, they may not be bad. And again, you can fill the blank in with whatever you want there. See, but we, we let those things become our identity so much that we, again, we obsess over them. We make them our idols in life, as I said at the beginning of the message. See, God, he wants to operate in a way that these aren't really our identity, but really they're just part of our life. I mean, my truest and most deepest and meaningful sense of identity, it should come from God and from what he says that I am. I mean, go back to that list of things. I mean, that's that's who we should get our identity from. I mean, we're made in his image, and we're forgiven, and we're highly valued, right? And, and he, we were worth dying for, and I mean, it's amazing, right? And, and so what happens is, this, what we should do as believers is this, is, is honestly, as Jesus as he enters in, all these other things in our life we've made our identity in, all right, as Christians, this is really how it should be as Jesus. As he enters into our life and he begins, to, he begins to just honestly fill us up, what should happen? These things that we made our identity in before, maybe we made our life about them before Jesus, they start to empty out. They start to come out. And, and hopefully, again, if there's like a sin that maybe we're struggling with, man, our hope is that more of Jesus, as he goes in and we give our life to him and we maybe we'll walk in a relationship with him, he exposes those sins and they, they start to come out. But those other things that we put our identity in, whatever it is a job, a career, whatever, those things, we realize that they're not, <clears throat> they're not our identity. <clears throat> those aren't our identity. Those things, yes, they're part of us. They're part of who we are. Right? Their, their, their character traits or different things, God has given us a job maybe or given us a, a talent that He's put in our life as a, a surface level thing. As, yes, it's part of our life. Those things are part of my life, but my identity, it's in Jesus. As I grow in my relationship with Him more and more, it should get filled up more and less those things should come out. And again, some of those things that remain, those few things, that's just part of who I am. And a lot of times, I think what we'll find out is this: is as this happens, we'll find out that these things that remain, that part of us, man, they're given to us by God for the purpose of reaching people for Jesus. I mean, that's why we have our job. It's not just so we go make a paycheck. We we get that as Christians, right? It's it's not just so we go get a paycheck and we have a happy life. That that's not what it's about. That's not the Christian life. Christian life is about sharing Jesus, right? Living for Jesus, and God is given us, all of us, different things that are part of our life that are there for the purpose of showing what our true identity is to the world, showing Jesus. I mean, there's people that I'm in contact with through my work, through my job as, as a pastor that, that's, that I'm to share Jesus with, right? Uh, that's, that's the part of my life. In the same true for you, whether you're maybe a school teacher. I mean, God has you there. That's part of your life. That's not your identity in being a teacher. Your identity is in Jesus. That's just part of your life that you're to share Jesus with them. And whatever it is, I man, God has, all of us, have come from different walks of life. We have different places we work at as Christians. And for the purpose, we're, we have those as part of our life for the purpose of sharing Jesus with others. See, I think we understand this this morning, that, okay, Jesus be my identity. I get that. But I just want to, and, and those other things are just are part of our life, so we, are, you know, we share Jesus, whether it's a job or whether it's a hobby or whatever it might be. See, this has been a struggle for years and years and years for Christians. I mean, a great example of this would be the Jewish people. I mean, go back to the first century church, and we, over the summer we had a, a class in the book of Acts that um, ended about a month ago. In the book of Acts, we're just following the very first church, and there was some tension in that. Some of you were in the class. You guys remember this. I mean, there was some tension. There were Jewish people in the church, not like all of them, but some of them, a decent amount of them, that had an issue with people from other races being able to worship with them, if you guys remember, which obviously is totally wrong. That's complete contrary to the message of the gospel. That is not what God wants. I mean, they here was the issue. They were making their identity as Jewish people, they were making it. In their race. Again, not right. Because the message of the of, of the gospel is this is that Jesus came for all. Our identity isn't in our race. Our identity isn't our hobby. Our identity isn't our job. It's not in our social standing. It's not in our wealth, it's not in our, our our gender. Regardless of what our culture tells us, our identity is in what Jesus did for us. Our identity should be in Him. So in closing. Christian going this week. Maybe spend some time today. Take a few minutes this afternoon or this evening before you go to bed. Just stop. And maybe evaluate the last week or last month or last year Man, where you've placed your really your identity in. Has it been in Jesus or has it been in some things that it shouldn't be? And if you're not a Christian and you've never made the decision to give your life to him, then I challenge you and make Jesus your identity today by turning to him and him alone to save you, trusting in what he did on the cross was for your sin. You can do that by admitting that you're a sinner, believing that he died on the cross personally for you, rose three days later, and then asking him to come into your heart and to save you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day that you've given to us. God, thanks for, God, just your word, and God, thank you for the truth of it. God, thank you for the challenge that we've had this morning, and, and maybe there's some in here that are uh, Christians are going, yeah, I, I get it. I, I'm struggling with an identity crisis and I've, I've placed my identity in things that it shouldn't be in. God, I pray if you would help them today to, to set that time aside and to make their identity, God, to remember that their identity as a Christian is in you. They are highly favored. They are valued. God, help them to remember what you said that they are. God, I pray if there's someone here that doesn't know you, pray that they would begin that relationship today with you. I pray that they would make you their identity. They would call on you to save them, we pray. We ask this in your son's name, amen.